All right, everybody, I'm Logan Alec. I'm a CPA. It is Thursday, November 19th, and this is yet another episode of Republicans Want a Skinny Bill, Democrats Want the Heroes Act, and they're not talking to each other. We're going to talk about stimulus today as well as COVID-19. But let's start with Congress. Yesterday, as expected, House Democrats formerly nominated Nancy Pelosi as their pick for Speaker of the House. Of course, the full House will vote again in January. All she would need is a simple majority to be reelected which she will certainly get. However, keep in mind, in 2018, Nancy Pelosi committed to only serving two more terms as Speaker, so this coming term would be her last. And yesterday, she seemed to imply that she will stick to that. In terms of the Senate, Senate is gone. They recessed yesterday and will not return until the week of November 30th. They have to do the appropriations bills to keep the government funded before December 11th, and then they're scheduled to be out again on December 18th. So that's essentially three weeks. The week of November 30th, the week of December 7th, and the week of December 14th, the Senate is back in D.C. Now, speaking of the appropriations bills, some have suggested that there might be COVID-19 relief thrown in there with those. I have not been bullish on that sentiment. Nancy Pelosi was asked this very thing yesterday in her weekly press conference. While the reporter was still asking the question about whether or not COVID-19 relief would be thrown in with government funding, Pelosi said no, and then went on to praise the, you guessed it, the HEROES Act. She said it was passed in May. People died of COVID-19 because Republicans didn't get on board. She mentioned the letter that she and Schumer sent to McConnell that I went over yesterday in my video. And she criticized those who say that Pelosi should just take the Republican proposals. And at the end, she said she doesn't know if COVID relief would be part of the appropriations bill to keep the government funded. So like I've said previously, I think that would be a long shot. McConnell, for his part yesterday, true to form, tweeted, House Democrats' so-called Heroes Act is so unserious that it was condemned by the Speaker's own moderate Democrats the instant she put it out. Huge tax cuts for rich people in blue states, but no second round of the PPP. Those are their priorities. And this morning, the top Republican in the House, Kevin McCarthy, said that Democrats need to get on board with a piece of legislation to allow unused PPP funds to be utilized. He also blasted Pelosi in response to a journalist's question about stimulus. Here's the clip. You have, have you had a single conversation about COVID relief in any substantive manner in the last couple of days? With who? With anybody. Anybody who is empowered to make a deal. Uh, well, in the House, I serve in the House, it'd be the Speaker of the House, no. Have you talked to McConnell? Have you talked to the White I've House? I've talked to McConnell, yes, and I've talked to the White House. Yes. And could you give us a sense of where things are going? Well, the things are still at the same place. There's one roadblock. There's one big wall that has stopped this the entire time, and it's Speaker Pelosi. Um, I would think after the politics that she played and the election being over, that she now put the American public first. She still seems to be in the same position. McCarthy also said that people need to get in a room and work through a COVID relief package. Yes. So do it. It's just back and forth, back and forth. Republicans want skinny. They hate the HEROES Act. Democrats want the HEROES Act. They hate the skinny bill. And they don't talk to each other. I'm almost embarrassed for these people. This is literally, in five seconds, what's going on with stimulus. And that's why I don't title my video Stimulus Updates anymore, because these aren't really stimulus updates. They're just the newest iteration of that, of that five-second update. If they were actually talking to each other and negotiating something, okay, I feel that's more of a stimulus update. But as of right now, that's not what we're seeing. Yesterday, the Problem Solvers Caucus released a statement saying that the people are still suffering, that it has been 65 days since they introduced their proposal, and COVID-19 relief cannot be further delayed. They urged for negotiators, 
from both sides to come to the table willing to compromise and fully engage to get a deal across the finish line. You all know my thoughts on the Problem Solvers Caucus proposal. I did a video going over it when it came out a couple months back. Link to that video at the top of the screen as well as in the description below. In terms of other stimulus of this and that's yesterday, Stephen Moore, who is something of an outside economic advisor to Donald Trump. We've talked about him before here on the channel. He said yesterday that he doesn't see Republicans budging on the blue state bailout. He said the economy is doing fine, much better than anyone expected. He said we think that the economy is strong because Trump didn't go along with a deal. I mean, okay, this guy is delusional. Last time we talked about Moore, he was saying that he doesn't think that Trump wants his last thing in office to be a big debt spending bill. But then, of course, we still have Trump tweeting about stimulus. And now Moore is saying that the economy is strong because we didn't do a round of stimulus. This guy's a joke, right? And Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you all know I have criticized some of her remarks in the past, but I agree with her on this. She tweeted yesterday in response to Moore's statement, 30 million people in this country are at risk of eviction. Millions of people are unemployed or underemployed from cutback hours. The economy is not the stock market. We are not doing fine. People need help in red states and blue, and our job is to help everyone. This is basic. In terms of the economy, 743,000 people in the United States filed new claims for normal state unemployment last week. That's an increase of 18,000 from the week prior. New P-Way claims were 320,000. Real estate though is still hot. Existing home sales rose 4.3% in October over September and a 26.6% increase from a year prior. I made a video on why home sales have still spiked despite the pandemic. There's a link to that video at the top of the screen as well as in the description below. In terms of COVID-19, let's start with some overseas news. In Japan, new COVID-19 infections are reaching record highs. Over 2,000 new cases yesterday for the very first time. The prime minister is saying that the country is on maximum alert to prevent a further increase in cases. We have some good news in Europe today. This morning, the World Health Organization said that for the first time in months, the rate of new infections in Europe is falling. Two weeks ago, the number of new infections in Europe was 2 million, but last week, that number dropped by 10% to 1.8 million. Dr. Hans Kluge, the WHO Regional Director for Europe, said it's a small signal, but a signal nevertheless. However, deaths obviously follow infections, so the worst may be yet to come in terms of deaths in Europe. Dr. Kluge said that one person dies of COVID-19 in Europe every 17 seconds on average. Keep in mind, however, that several European nations have imposed severe lockdowns in the past few weeks that have likely contributed to this drop. But Dr. Kluge said that the WHO is still opposed to lockdowns except as a last resort and said that mass compliance is the best way to deal with the pandemic. He estimated that mass compliance in Europe is around 60%, but if it were above 90%, then lockdowns could likely be avoided altogether. Now, for those of you who don't like masks, can you let me know in the comments why? Um, to me, it doesn't seem like a big deal to wear a mask. I understand if some people have issues that make it difficult for you, but apart from that, I don't really understand why so many people are so opposed to masks. Let me know in the comments below. By the way, next week, I'll be publishing an interview I did with a Harvard-trained emergency room physician who actually co-authored an article in the Journal of Emergency Medicine with the creator of the N95 mask. So this guy knows a lot about masks. I had the pleasure of speaking with him about COVID-19 and masks and vaccines. That interview will be published next week on the channel. The interview was a bit long. I might split it up. Not sure what I'm going to do there. In terms of the United States COVID-19 news, there were 172,391 new cases of COVID-19 yesterday in the United States with 1,923 deaths. Yesterday, we passed a cumulative total of 250,000 COVID-19 deaths 
in the United States since the beginning of the pandemic. Yesterday, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly issued a new mask mandate, and New York City public schools will close starting today. However, on the topic of shutting schools down, now this is interesting, UNICEF, which is a United Nations agency focusing on children, released a report called Averting a Lost COVID Generation, stating that the net benefits of keeping schools open outweigh the costs of closing them, and that data from 191 countries show no consistent association between school reopening status and COVID-19 infection rates. It goes on to say that the longer schools are closed, the more children suffer from extensive learning losses with long-term negative impacts, including future income and health. I'll leave a link to this report in the description below if you'd like to read it for yourself. What do you think about shutting schools down? Is it effective or is it simply a knee-jerk reaction that one might think makes sense to do, but in reality doesn't do very much. In terms of a COVID-19 vaccine, we've heard great, great news recently, very promising news from Pfizer and Moderna, but let's talk about vaccine distribution for a second. Check out this interesting chart here from The Economist using data from the Duke Global Health Innovation Center. These are the orders of vaccine doses per citizen currently. Canada, almost 10 per citizen. Australia and Britain, over five. United States, three. Now, keep in mind that the vaccines we have promising data from, they say it's two doses per person to be inoculated. So cut the numbers on this chart in half, and that's how many multiples of the citizenry could be fully vaccinated with a double dosage. Now, the scary thing is that the confirmed orders per citizen in the countries further down the list, these poor nations, right? Look at Bangladesh, for example. That's scary. The economist is saying that less well-off countries may have to wait years to vaccinate their population, and that's terrible. That is truly terrifying. Also, that physician that I interviewed, I also asked him about how COVID-19 vaccines have been developed and getting ready for distribution so quickly because vaccines usually take years to develop. How is it safe that we have got these done in less than a year? He had some great thoughts to share on that. Again, that interview will be published next week. All right, everybody, that is my update for today. Thank you so much for watching, and I will see you in the next video. Bye-bye.